0: This is Trey Johnson, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to this teaching. I pray that it empowers you, encourages you, and motivates you to know God and to be who He's created you to be. Go with me to Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 19. And I'm going to read from the New King James Version, and it says, And when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, But who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said that you are the Christ, you are the Son of the living God. Now notice this, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am." Who do men say, that I, the Son of Man, am? And he said, some say this and some say that. Well, it's very important that you and I... Who is Jesus to you? Because to some people, He's just Savior. To some people, He's just Lord. To some people, He is healer. To some people, He's protector. To some people, He's deliverer. To some people, who is He to you? Some say, but what do you say? If I were to ask you right now, how intimate do you know Jesus and who is he to you? Not not what somebody else says that he is, but to you. Do you have it settled on the inside of you that if today was the day that you were to die and you were to stand before God, is he your Lord and Savior? Who do men say that I am, Jesus said? Who do you say that he is? Who is he to you? How how do I develop? If if He's not my healer, how do I develop and know Him as my healer? Well, Genesis chapter 1, John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, verse 14, it says, "...in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us." So if I want to know God in a different way than just my Savior or, or maybe just my provider, I want to know Him as protector, I want to know Him as healer, I get into God's Word because God. God's word reveals God's will. And so the more I know God's word, the more I know God's will. The more I know God's word, I know the the more of his heart. I know his mind. I know his will. I know his intent. I know why he does what he does through His Word and by His Spirit. So if you want to know Him in greater degrees or greater capacity than what you know Him in right now, faith comes by hearing, Romans 10:17, and hearing by the Word of God. So if I want to know Him as provider, I need to hear scriptures on Him being my provider. If I want to know Him as healer, I hear scriptures on Him being my healer. If I want to know Him as protector, what do we do? We listen to scriptures on Him being our protector. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So Jesus says, who do you say that Jesus is? And then He goes on and... Simon Peter said, You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Now notice the word blessed. It's very important. The word blessed means empowered to move forward. It means empower to prosper. James, who is the half-brother of Jesus, says when you and I, we hear God's Word, we accept God's Word, we welcome God's Word, and then we act upon God's Word, he says those are the people that are blessed in their doing. Those are the people who are going to be empowered by God to move forward. So I've got to ask, am I moving forward in my life? Am I becoming everything God's called and created me to be? Because if I'm not different than I was five years ago, ten years ago, twenty years ago, then I might be going to church, but I'm not being transformed. I might be going through church on the way to lunch, but I'm not hearing and applying what I'm learning. What does God want us to know and what does God want us to do? It doesn't do us any good to come together and not have a plan of action to put into action whenever we leave here tonight. So he says, you didn't discover this on your own, but the Father revealed it to you, and because he revealed it to you, you're blessed. God wants to reveal who he is to us. He wants to be more than just a religious icon. (laughs) He wants to be everything that we need Him to be. He wants to be a part of everything that we're a part of. And Jesus says to Peter, He says, You're blessed because my Father revealed this to you. And He says, And I also say to you that you're Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades, or hell, shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven notice he says on the revelation of who jesus is to you i'm going to build my church the word church is not a religious word it's a governmental word and at this time the word church comes from a a, a greek word ecclesia and it means the called out ones and what would happen as the church is the emperor at this time he would select people who were willing to come near to hear what he was saying and then he would reveal his heart He would reveal his mind. He would reveal what he wanted to get accomplished. They were the called out ones. They were the church. They were like the cabinet or they were like the Senate. And they would come near. He would reveal and they would go put it into motion. The church was not four walls. The church was not a building, a gathering place. The church was people just like in today's society, the church is you and I. Any person who's saved, born again, child of God, they are the church. If they have answered the call and they're willing to come near and hear, he says, I will build my church with people. Those who answer, I've got to ask, is that me? Am I the one that, Because just because I go to church doesn't mean I am the church. The church is a governmental word. The church is somebody that says when the, when the Spirit of God knocks on our heart and we invite Him to come in, we answer the call. The word call means a summons. He's summoning to have a relationship with me. I realize that I need Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I make a decision. I'm not gonna be religious or I'm not gonna play church, but I'm gonna draw near to hear what's on the heart of the Father. And when I hear, I'm gonna have the intention of doing. He says, that's my church. Say, that's me. And he says, not only will I build my church, he says, I will give these people who have received the call that come near to here, I will give them the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Not the keys to the kingdom, but the keys of the kingdom. Because if you're a child of God, you don't need keys to the kingdom because you're in the kingdom. Now he says, I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. What do keys represent? Keys represent authority. Keys represent access. You, you had the keys to your car. You decide who comes in your car, who gets out of your car. You decide who comes in your house, who gets out of your house. The keys, they open up gates. They shut gates. They open doors. They, they represent co-ownership. We are, we are working with God, and God is saying, I'm wanting to work with you. He says, these people who come near to hear my church, I'm going to give them the keys And whatever they bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever they loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So you see, when he gave us the keys, he gave us authority. When he gave us the keys, he gave us co-ownership with him. He's saying, if I'm going to get anything done on earth, it's not going to be me by myself, it's going to be us. See, there's a connection between earth and heaven. Remember in Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 and 10, when the disciples come to Jesus and and they ask Jesus, Jesus, can you teach us to pray? And they'd seen Jesus open the blind eyes and open the deaf ears and and they didn't ask Jesus, Jesus, that was really cool that day you stuck mud on that guy's eyes and his, his eyes opened. I mean, that was really cool. And the other day when you stuck your fingers in that guy's ears and he heard, I mean, that was, can you teach us how to do that? They said, no, but will you teach us to pray? because they realized the power that he walked in was connected to his relationship with the Father. And Jesus says, okay, this is the structure. This is how you should start your prayer. Our Father, and you could probably quote this with me, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth just like it is in heaven. So he lets us know if his kingdom, his will is going to get done on earth, it's going to be because people are willing to pray. People are willing to release their words. People are willing to work with God. One of the most damaging beliefs across the board in the body of Christ is the phrase, God is in control. You hear people say that all the time. God is in control. And that's not true. God is not in control of anything that steals, kills, and destroys. Remember what Jesus said? He says, pray that my will is done on earth just like it is in heaven. Is there any killing, stealing, and destroying in heaven? So he says, I need you to pray that my will is done on earth just like it is in heaven. So the phrase, God is in control, God is not in control of babies being murdered. God is not in control of cars rolling over and killing people. God is not in control of somebody overdosing on drugs. God is not in control of somebody that just goes around murdering people. God is not in control. That is the devil. John 10, 10, Jesus said, It is the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. God is only in control in our life when we give him control. So in other words, God was not in control whether you ate Fruit Loops or cornflakes this morning. God was not in control whether you wore blue or red. God is not in control whether you picked your nose or picked your bottom. <laughs> oh, yes, He's in control. No, He's not. <laughs> he's in control when we give Him control. And this is what Jesus is saying right here. He says, I'm going to build my church. Those who are willing to come near to here, I'm going to give them the keys Now, whatever they bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever they loose on earth will be loosed in heaven." Now, look with me at Luke chapter 4, and this is very interesting right here, because talking about, okay, what is it, God in control, he's not in control, he's in control, with the kingdom of God, the kingdom of darkness, you know, listen to what the dialogue between Jesus and the devil whenever he's tempting Jesus in the wilderness. Luke chapter 4, verses 5 through 8, then the devil taking him up on a high mountain showed him all the kingdoms of the world. Notice that, the kingdoms of of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, All this authority will I give you and their glory, for this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Where did he get the glory? Where did he gain the right and the authority? He said... All this authority I will give you and their glory, for this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. When did he get that? In the Garden of Eden. See, God made man in his image and his likeness as an overflow of his love, as an expression of him. He, he, He made us in his image and likeness, and he said, Now I give you dominion and authority upon the earth. Now when Adam sinned in the Garden of Eden, sin entered in, death came upon all man, and the authority and dominion was handed over to Satan. So God gave the dominion and authority to man. Man gave the dominion and authority to Satan. And now God had to send a man to get back what a man lost. And so Satan says, I have all the glory and the authority and the kingdoms of this world... And I'll give it to you if you'll bow down and worship me. And Jesus goes on to say, Therefore, if you will worship me, Satan says, And Jesus answered and said to him, Get behind me, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. I just like the way that sounds. Get behind me, Satan. Just practice that right now. Get behind me, Satan. Some of you are like, I don't know if I should say that. No, you should say that. You should learn to let that roll right out of your mouth. Get behind me, Satan. And, and this brings up a, a, a good point because a lot of believers, they want God to do something about the devil. Nowhere in the New Testament can you find God doing anything about the devil or telling us to do, uh, telling us that he's going to do something about the devil. He tells us, James chapter 4, verse 7, he says, You submit yourself to God and you resist the devil and he will flee. Well, the only way that I can resist the devil is if I've been given authority and power to resist the devil. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27, he says, Neither give place to the devil. Well, the only way that I can't give place to the devil is if I have authority not to give place to the devil. So we could go through the scriptures and we will as we continue to teach that, okay, God is looking for people who he can work with to get his will done on earth just like it is in heaven. What we celebrated on Resurrection Sunday is far greater than what we've tapped into. We have lived way below our rights and privilege as as children of God. It is not God's plan for the devil to beat God's children. It is not God's plan for the devil to take it out and to live a victorious life while God's children are defeated and below and out and busted and broke and disgusted. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, you can look at it in your own time. It says that the God of this world has blinded the unbeliever's mind. So notice how Satan says, okay, the kingdoms of the world, this authority, this power, I'll give it to you. So he had authority and power. 2 uh, Corinthians 4, 4, he's the little g God of this world. So he had authority and power upon this earth. Now, God sent Jesus to get this back. Look at chapter 1, verses 17 and 18. It says, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as if dead, but he laid his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first, and I am the last, and the ever-living one, and I am living in the eternity of eternities. I died, but see, I am alive forevermore, and I possess the keys of death and Hades, the realm of the dead. I possess the keys of death, hell, and the grave. I possess. See, Jesus came as a man. He overcame Satan as a man. He went to the cross as a man. He went to hell so you and I don't have to go to hell. And God raised him from the dead. And he says, now all power and all authority is mine. Now I give it to you. When Jesus was raised from the dead, he did not defeat Satan for his benefit. He did it for our benefit. He did not take his sin upon the cross because he didn't have any sin. He took our sin. He he didn't go to hell because he belonged in hell. He went to hell because you and I deserved hell, but he took our place in hell so we didn't have to go there. And he was raised from the dead. And he says, now the power and authority that Satan have, I've got it back. I've got the keys of death, hell, and the grave. I Remember, keys represent authority. Say authority keys represent access. They represent power. They represent dominion. He says, now I've got them. And then in Matthew 28, he turns right around and he says, now you go. You go and preach the gospel around the world. You go and baptize. You you, you go. You. Who did he give the keys to? Us. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14, listen to this. It says, Since therefore these his children share in flesh and blood and physical nature of human beings, he himself in a similar manner partook of the same nature that by going through death he might bring to naught and make of no effect him who had the power of death, that is the devil. He had the power of death. He had. He had. Remember, Jesus says, I was alive and then I was dead, and now I'm alive forevermore. And now I have the keys of death, hell, Hades. I have the keys. And then he transferred the keys, the authority, the dominion to you and I. And right here he says, he brought him to nothing. He became, he partook of the same nature that you and I partake of so that we could partake of the nature that he partakes of. He became a man and defeated Satan as a man. He brought him to nothing. He made him zero. But if you go to most churches and most Christians think the devil is bigger than God. But our Bible tells us that Jesus made him nothing. Say it He made him nothing. You need to get, when you, this gets settled into your heart, you'll have a little sass about you when it comes to anything that kills, steals, and destroys. You will learn to remind the devil that he is defeated. Remind him that you're brought to nothing. Remind him you have no power and authority over me. Remind him that he will spend eternity in hell, locked up, with no interaction with humankind. He will burn forever. Remind him that he's lost. Remind him what the back of the book says. Remind him that you're made in the image and likeness of God. He He's not made in the image and likeness of God. He wanted to be like God, but God made you in his image and likeness. Remind him you're nothing. Remind sickness and disease and lack and poverty and anything that steals, kills, and destroys. You will not win over my life. My God is bigger, and I will stand on God's Word and do God's Word and apply God's Word till I experience everything that Jesus died to give me. Colossians 2.15 Colossians And God disarmed the principalities and powers that were ranged against us and made a bold display and public example of them and triumphing over them in him and in it the cross. God disarmed the enemy. He is brought to nothing in our life. Let's keep going, Matthew chapter 12, because Jesus, we're going to look at a few ways that Jesus, he operated as somebody who had authority. Now, a lot of times people think when they look at Jesus and they read the Gospels that he did that as the Son of God, but he did not operate as the Son of God. It says he laid down all of his deity and he operated as a, a person just like you and I, anointed by the Spirit of God. So you see Jesus operating here, and he is somebody that's using the keys. Remember, Satan is the one that steals, kills, and destroys. Satan is the one that binds people up. He doesn't want people to go free. He doesn't want your money to go free. He doesn't want your body to be free. He doesn't want your relationships to be free. He hates you and I. Do you realize that? We are made in the image and likeness of God, and he hates that. We have the Spirit of God in us, and he hates that. But remind him, he's nothing. Say it, he's nothing. That was so weak. Say he's nothing. Matthew chapter 12, verse 22 through 30. It says, Then one was brought to him who was demon-possessed, blind and mute, and he healed him. So that the blind and mute man both spoke and saw, and all the multitudes were amazed, and said, Could this be the son of David? Now when the Pharisees heard it, Now now notice, when when you start operating in who you are as a child of God, it ticks religious people off. They get really upset whenever you start overcoming and walking in victory and, 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 and just learning the heart of God. It'll irritate religious spirits. So the religious people... Now when the Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow does not cast out demons except by Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. But Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself will not stand. If Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? Pause. So Jesus is saying that Satan has a kingdom? Isn't that what your Bible read? How then will his kingdom stand? So Satan cast out Satan. He is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore they shall be your judges. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or how can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man? And then he will plunder his house. He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters abroad." What is a kingdom? King's domain. Listen to the definition of kingdom. Government or king, sovereign rule of a king over a territory, impacting it with his will, his purpose, his intent, producing a culture, value and morals that represent the king. Jesus referred to Satan as the little g-god of this world said that satan has a king domain he is the little now this is temporary he will not be the little g god forever he will not operate ruling in the world's kingdom forever his time is short and his rulership is short So God gave the dominion and authority to Adam. When Adam sinned, he gave the dominion and authority to Satan. Jesus comes back and he is showing you and I how to get his king domain, God's king domain, the king's domain, his will of being done on earth just like it is in heaven. But he says Satan also has a king's domain. He is a ruler of a territory. He influences his mind, his will, his intent is being displayed through people. Can you look around on this earth and see any display of killing, stealing, and destroying? Yes. The answer is yes. And Jesus said, now, now how can we bind, how can we plunder his house unless we first bind the strong man? Who's the strong man he's talking about? Satan. He says, how can we plunder his house? Now remember, from the very beginning, God made Adam in his image and likeness. He gave him dominion and authority. He blessed him. He expected Adam to enjoy everything that was created upon the earth. But when Adam sinned, he gave that dominion and authority and the privilege and all the things of the earth. He gave it over to Satan. Now Jesus came to get it back for you and I. and he says now in order to plunder his house in order to take back what i created for you you've got to learn to first bind the strong man who's the strong man satan look at what jesus did in first john chapter 3 verse 8 It says, The reason the Son of God was manifest, visible, was to undo, destroy, loosen, and dissolve the works of the devil. This is very powerful right here. The reason the Son of God was manifest was to undo, destroy, loosen, and dissolve the works of the devil. Didn't Jesus, in in Matthew chapter 16, says, I give you the keys... And what you bind on earth is bound in heaven. What you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. And right here it says the purpose that Jesus manifested for was to destroy, to loosen, to undo, to dissolve the works of Satan. What are the works of Satan? Anything that steals, kills, and destroys. Stay with me here. It's all going to come together, and you're going to hear the heart of the Father for your life and my life and our life as the body of Christ. He says this purpose, Jesus came to undo everything that Satan has done this purpose jesus was manifest to destroy to dissolve everything that satan has done say thank you lord ephesians chapter 1 verse 21 22 23 and he's talking about whenever god raised jesus from the dead and he exalted him and he's sitting at the right hand of the father and he said and he's talking about us understanding the power of god in verse 21 Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is named above every title that can be conferred, talking about Jesus, not only in this age and in this world, but also in the age and the world which are to come. And he has put all things under his feet and has appointed him the universal and supreme head of the church, a headship exercised throughout the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. For in that body lives the full measure of him who makes everything complete, who fills Everything, everywhere with himself. Notice what he's saying right here. He said that Jesus is the head of the body. And he exalted the head above all dominion, power, rulership, authority. And he says this headship is going to be exercised throughout the body. He says, and in this body I have put all things under the body's feet. Where are the feet? Are they on the body or are they in the head? They're on the body, right? And it says that Jesus was exalted. He he is at the right hand of the Father, and he has the name that is above every name. Does cancer have a name? The answer is yes. Does tumors have a name? Does lack have a name? Does destruction have a name? Do tornadoes have a name? Yes, yes, but the name of Jesus is above every name that can be named upon this earth. And it says the same power that the head has is the same power that the body has. Are you in the body of Christ? The answer is yes. If you've called upon the name of Jesus, You came from the kingdom of darkness, you're in the kingdom of Jesus Christ, you're in the family of God, and you are a part of the body. Does my hand have the same rights to the name of Trey, my name's Trey, by the way, that my head does? Does my knee have the same name as my head does? Does my feet have the same name that my head does? I don't come up to you and say, hi, my name is Trey, but my knee is Bill, how you doing? (laughs) and if i were to say does jesus have all power and authority what would people say is jesus almighty what would people say is jesus greater than the devil what would people say he says that Jesus is the head and we are the body and the same power and authority that the head has, the body has. Jesus did not get the power back for himself. He did not need that power in heaven. He didn't need to overcome the devil in heaven. He didn't need to destroy the curse in heaven. He's not dealing with anything that steals, kills, and destroy in heaven. He took the power and authority back and he gave it to the body because he knew we needed the power and authority upon the earth. The head and the body have the same name, the same power, the same authority, the same assignment. So Jesus came to destroy, loosen, bring to nothing, bring to zero the enemy. And we need to remind him that we're in Christ and Christ is in us. And he he was defeated then and he's still defeated today. Luke chapter 9. Verses 1 and 2. Then he called the 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons to cure diseases and sent them to preach the kingdom, the kingdom of God, and to heal the sick. The kingdom of God, the will of God, the mind, the heart, the intent of God. So not only was Jesus doing this, not only was Jesus speaking to fevers and them leaving, speaking to storms and them ceasing, opening the blind eyes, opening the deaf ear, then he brings the twelve together, and it reads, And he called the twelve together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. He gave them the same power and authority that he had. He didn't say I can deal with the big devils, but you only deal with the little devils because they will kick your tail. He says, "Uh, uh-uh. I gathered them together, and I gave them power and authority." Say, I have power and authority. Luke chapter 10, And after these things the Lord appointed 70 others. So now we have Jesus walking in power and authority. Then we have 12 walking in power and authority. And now he gathers the 70. And the Lord appoints 70 others also, and sent them out too before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. Verse 9, And heal the sick there, and say to them, The kingdom of God has come near to you. Now, keep going right here, 17 and 18 and 19. The 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Now, this is very powerful here. So he gave 12 the dominion and authority that went out, did what he did, got the results that he got. The 70 came, he gave them dominion and authority and power. They went out and did what he did and got the results that he got. They come back and they are pumped. And they tell Jesus, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Say it, in your name. And then Jesus, verse 17, 18, the 70 come back. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Verse 19, behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notice what the word behold means. The word behold in the Greek is a theatrical word. And so, the 70 come back to Jesus, and they're full of joy, and they say, even the demons are subject to us in your name, and Jesus said, behold, he says, in other words, I saw something. He said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, the word behold means I saw act one, I saw act two, and what I'm seeing right now is more, just as powerful as what I saw when I was in the throne room, and Satan tried to exalt himself against God, and God began to speak, and I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven and he's saying the same power that kicks satan out of heaven is the same power that i'm giving you right now behold i give you power and authority to trample over snakes scorpions and over all the power of the enemy what is the power of the enemy anything that kills steals and destroys Behold he's saying this is just as this is just as theatrical as what I saw in the throne room of God I am giving you the same power that he had there. I'm giving you the same power He gave the 12 power He gave the 70 power and then he didn't stop there with 83 walking in dominion and authority when he died on the cross He went to hell. He was raised from the dead, went from hell when he was raised He said now I have all power and authority and I transfer it to you You, the body of Christ. Now you go in my name and cast out devils. You go in my name and lay hands upon the sick. You go in my name and trample over snakes, scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy. Snakes and scorpions represent all the demonic power that is loosed upon the earth. And he says, the body of Christ has dominion and a power over him. Now, you can't just go around binding and loosening and casting out wherever you want. No, you have dominion and authority in your sphere of influence. I don't come to your house and start naming your kids. Well, I mean, I like the name Jared, but I think Trey's better. No, no, you're not going to come to my house and start naming my horses. You're not going to come to my house and just think, well, I'd I like, you know, your wife, she sure is pretty and everything. I think I would like her to have my last name. No, no. That is my jurisdiction. That is my territory. You don't have dominion and authority at my territory, and you, I don't have dominion and authority in your territory. Listen, this is very important. The gifts that God placed on the inside of you, the calling that is upon your life, you have dominion and authority in those spheres of influence. I have dominion and authority in my spheres of influence. The body of Christ, there are gifts, there's callings, there's passion, there's desire in each and every one of us, and we are designed by God to go into those places and to take back. Bind the strong man. Plunder his house. There is land. There is buildings. There are resources. There are clients that the enemy has had bound up and it is time for us to understand what Jesus rose to give us and loose that stuff to start coming to you. Loose the people to come out of darkness and into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Resurrection Sunday is much more than thank you Easter bunny. Pok, pok. Remember that commercial years ago? <laughs> Let's keep going. All this is going to come together here. Go, go with me. Um, skip, skip several pages here in your notes. Luke chapter 13. This is on page the bottom of page 6, I believe, of your notes. Luke chapter 13, verses 10 through 17. And we're going to see Jesus operating in this. Now, he was teaching, verse 10, he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loose from your infirmity. Pause. Remember 1 John 3, 8, the, this purpose, the Son of God, was manifest to destroy, to loosen, to dissolve, to undo all the works of the devil. Remember Matthew chapter 16 when he says, I give you the keys and whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven and right here jesus sees this woman he's teaching and he sees this woman bent over i don't know if bones popped i don't know if there was loud sounds but she shuffled over to him he says come here woman you are loosed and he laid his hands upon her and immediately she raised herself up and she began to glorify god notice how the healing glorified god it wasn't the sickness that glorified god He says, you're loosed. Say it, you're loosed. And he laid hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. But here we go again. The ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation. Religious people were ticked. (laughs) Because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, and he said to the crowd, there are six days on which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them, and not on the Sabbath. Then the Lord answered him and said, hypocrite? Does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it away to water? Notice what he said. Does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it away? Why why would they loose the ox or donkey? Because it was tied up and it was thirsty and they cared about the donkey, and they cared about the ox. And so they would go out, and they would untie little Eeyore, and they would say, come on, Eeyore, let's get us a drink of water. Why? Because they cared about him, and Jesus says, you hypocrite. Listen to what he says. He goes on to say, So ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound? Who who bound this woman? She was full of sickness, bound over for 18 years. And Jesus says, the woman was bound by who? By Satan. And he goes on to say, for 18 years, be loose from this bond on the Sabbath. And when he said these things, all his adversaries were put to shame and all the multitudes rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done. He was talking about a daughter of Abraham. I want you to think of this. They were in the Old Covenant at this time and this was a woman that was under the old covenant and he says because she's a daughter of Abraham she deserves to be loose because she had a covenant with God she deserved to be loose Hebrews 8 6 says you and I we have a better covenant built upon better promises a better covenant built upon better promises so if Satan bound this woman for 18 years and Jesus stepped in and he used his keys and he said she had a right to be loose don't you you and I think that we have a right to be loose that from anything that steals kills and destroys don't we have a right we have a better covenant built upon better promises Jesus came to destroy to loosen to undo all the works of the devil and for too long we have laid down and put up with everything that's still killed destroyed for too long and it's time for us to remind him we've got the keys but the keys don't work unless you use the keys And Jesus said, this is how you use the keys. When you see somebody bound, you begin to loose them. Satan had the woman bound. Jesus loosed them. Satan does not want anybody to go free. Satan doesn't want any person to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, but if he can't stop you from calling on the name of Jesus, he will do everything he can to stop you from believing in the power of the blood. He will do everything he can to stop you from believing in the power of the name that is above every name. He will do everything he can to stop you from believing in the power of the Holy Spirit, that God wants you blessed, that you can overcome. You are more than a conqueror. You're created to live a victorious life. He will do everything he can to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, remember when I raised from the dead, now I have all authority and power and now I give it to you and you go and you do what I did when I walked upon the earth. John chapter 14. Verse 12 through 14, you can read through some of this in, in, in your own time. It says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. 1 John four seventeen. As he is, so are we in this world. What was he saying? I loose people, and now I give you the power and authority, and I want you to go into your spheres of influence, and you do what I did. L- look at Luke chapter 4, verse 18 and 19. Stay with me here. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me. Now, when Jesus shows up at church this day, things were different. It was His custom to go to church. He showed up at the synagogue and, and, and they would have this reading. And that day when Jesus showed up, he had just come out of the wilderness. He had been fasting for 40 days. Satan came and tempted him in all these different ways. He overcame him. And the Bible says he was full of the Spirit of God. So when he showed up at church that day, he took the where the prophet Isaiah, they gave him the scroll, and Jesus found where the prophet Isaiah prophesied about him. And this is what he said. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed, Anointed me, the Anointed One, the Messiah, to preach the good news, the gospel to the poor. He was saying, He has anointed me. Anoint means to rub on, to smear on. God's super, coming upon my natural. See, that day he had confidence. That day there was some boldness about him. That day there was some authority about him. That day things were different. They used to have a chair that was sit out there that they had in in the synagogues, and they reserved it for God. Nobody sat in that chair. But that day when Jesus showed up and he found the scroll and he said. the spirit of the lord is upon me he was identifying his purpose he knew why he was there why he was gifted why he was wired and he said things begin to change right now not tomorrow not last year right now say it right now And he says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the good news. Not bad news, but good news. You know it's good news when you know you don't have to die and go to hell. It is good news when you know that you're forgiven. It is good news when you know that if God's for you, who can be against you? It is good news to know that His mercy is new every day. It is good news to know that His grace is sufficient. It is good news to know that you can overcome. It is good news that sickness and disease has to bow its knee in Jesus' name. It is good news. Jesus did not say, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to come and preach bad news. I don't know what you're going to do. You're, just, you're I don't even know how you're getting out of hell. I hope you make it, buddy. Sink or swim. <laughs> but that's the way some churches look at it. But Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach the good news, the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to announce release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to send forth as delivered those who are oppressed, who are downtrodden, bruised, crushed, broken down by calamity, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day when salvation and the free favors of God profusely abound. He was saying, I am sent to set the prisoners free. Now, the thing is, You and I, thank God, somebody shared with us that we didn't have to stay bound any longer. Thank God somebody let us know, hey, the prison gate has been broken down, come out of darkness and come into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. But the sad thing is, there are millions that are on the other side, still bound by Satan, and we can be yelling, hey, the gate is broken down, but they stay over there. But you didn't stay over there, I didn't stay over there, and I believe we're going to rise up and we're going to begin to go into our spheres of influence and break down, remind the enemy that he has to stop his maneuvers, he has to take his hands off the people, and to let people know, hey, the gate is broken down, come out of the kingdom of darkness, Darkness and into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Look, look at Isaiah 14. And now verses 12 through 15, this is whenever he starts prophesying about when Satan wanted to exalt himself above God. Verse 17: Those who see you will gaze at you and consider you, saying, Is this the man who made the earth tremble, who shook kingdoms, who made the world as a wilderness and destroyed cities? Listen to this: Who did not open the house of his prisoner? who did not open the house of his prisoner, you know that Satan never intended. Remember, he had, had, say had. He had the keys of death. He had. And he never intended for anybody to get out. He had people in prison. Jesus said, I have come to let the prisoners know they're free. Now, 1 Corinthians 2, chapter 2, verse 8, says that Satan, the little g-god of this world, if they would have known what was going to take place when Jesus was crucified and when Jesus was buried and when he was raised from, they never would have crucified the Lord of glory. Why? Because nobody had ever gotten out of prison before. So when Jesus was crucified on the cross and he went to the pit of hell for you and I, They were partying because they knew the gate was shut and nobody had ever got out. Day one, day two, but on day three, the father began to speak and he said, that is enough. And Jesus came up out of that and busted the gate of hell wide open. And Jesus rose and he says, I've got all power and authority now. And now I give it to you. And all hell trembled because they were brought to nothing. It says he made a public display, a public example of their defeat keep going you'll see see how isaiah begins to prophesy about jesus verse isaiah 42 verses 6 through 8 I, the Lord, have called you, the Messiah, for a righteous purpose and in righteousness. I will take you by the hand and will keep you. I will give you for a covenant to the people of Israel, for a light to the nations of Gentiles, to open the eyes of the blind, to bring out prisoners from the dungeon and those who sit in darkness from the prison. I am the Lord. That is my name and my glory. I will not give to another nor praise to craven images. Right here he was saying to bring out prisoners from the dungeon dungeon, and those who sit in darkness from prison. Isaiah 49, verses 8 and 9. Thus says the Lord, in an acceptable and favorable time, I have heard and answered you in a day of salvation. I have helped you. I will preserve you. I will give you for a covenant to the people to raise up and establish the land from its present state of ruin to apportion and cause them to inherit the desolate moral waste of heathenism their heritage listen to this saying to those who are bound come forth and to those who are in spiritual darkness show yourselves come into the light of the son of righteousness now as he goes on isaiah 61 that's what jesus read the spirit of the lord is upon me and he has anointed me let me summarize what, what's happening right here he's saying okay now when you've heard that you can come out of the prison door. And now that you've come into the family of God, it's not enough that you're free. Now you need to go and let others know that they're free. You need to take the keys of the kingdom and you need to bind the strong man. Who's the strong man? Satan. You need to let him know I'm bind you and I'm coming to plunder your house. And you go in and you find the people who are bound in prison, in change, in addiction, in lack, in poverty, and you loose them and you let them go. loose them and tell them to come out of the dungeon. You loose them and let them know come to the light. You loose them and let them know. You want them to know the same good God that you know. Jesus said, I need you to take the keys. Why? Because there are other people counting on you to rise up and be everything you're called and created to be. Always remember God has other people on his mind. When he gifted you, when he wired you, when he designed you, when he graced you, he was expecting that you were going to say, here here I am, Lord, and you're going to come, and you're going to plug into the presence of God, and you're going to begin to develop everything that God has put on the inside of you, and we were going to understand our authority in Christ Jesus. When we know who He is, and we know who we are, then we're going to rise up, and we're going to take our keys, and we're going to bind Him. That 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 gate that is shut. Remember, keys unlock gates. Keys unlock door. You go into that territory you're called to, and you let Him know you are bound, Satan. And I loose the people. You bind him, you bust the door wide open, and you loose the people to come out. You loose the resources to come out. You loose the lands, the buildings to come out. Why? Because it's where you're called to. The strong man has had it held back. The strong man has had people that you and I know that if they were to die right now, they would go straight to hell. Can I get an amen? Do you know somebody that if they were to die right now, they'd go straight to hell? If not, you need to have more unsaved friends. And we need to realize that we are called to be a light shine I'm not saying hang out. Don't take that to the ditch. I'm not saying be just like I, I'm, not say- I'm just saying be a light shining in darkness. I'm saying develop the gifts and graces that God has placed on the inside of you and take the keys and bind the strong man and command the scales to come off their eyes and the plugs to come out of their ears and their heart to open up and be receptive. And I pray that God would send the right laborers into their life that they would share the good news of Jesus Christ with them and they would be receptive and loose them. Call them into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Call them up to be who they're called and created to be. What if every one of us made a decision tonight, today, that we're going we're gonna to rise up and we're going to take our keys and we're going to begin? How do you develop in this? How do you get confidence in this? You know, because maybe you've never heard anything like this before. Maybe you didn't know you had dominion and authority over the devil. Remember, start operating in your sphere of influence. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, When we receive the Holy Spirit, power comes upon us to be a witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the earth, letting us know that as we're faithful with our our close influence, then we'll have more influence and more influence and more, all for the glory of God. Start binding the enemy where your your physical body is concerned. If you're bound up in an area, say, I bind you, you foul spirit of sickness, whatever it is, and I loose my body to function the way it was created to function. Maybe it's finances. If you're a tither or a giver, God promises to bless the work of your hand, but your finances have been bound up. You bind the demonic spirits that are holding back those clients. You bind the demonic spirits that are holding back the resources, and you loose the resources to come. That's Using your keys, all for the glory of God. Maybe you have a family member that they they're lost as a goose in a hellstorm. I mean, if they were to die, they would go straight to hell. What do you do? You bind the spirits influencing them. You bind you don't have you don't have dominion over people. You have dominion over the spirits influencing the people. And you bind the spirits that are blinding their minds. And you loose them to come into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. In the town that you live in, you have dominion and authority there because you live there. In your family, you have dominion and authority. You have a certain degree of authority. Once again, I can't come onto your territory and take dominion. I can come together in agreement with you. I can pray with you. I can, I can declare with you. But you have the gift. You have the calling. You have the dominion and authority. In your sphere of influence, rise up and take your keys and set the captives free. Amen? Amen. Did you get something out of God's Word today? I know I did. Father, I just love you so much, and I'm, I'm thankful for how good you are. And Holy Spirit, I just ask that you continue to, to reveal the heartbeat of this Word to us that we don't take lightly what Jesus did on the cross and what Jesus did when he brought Satan to nothing and you raised him from the dead and he had all power and authority and then he turned and he gave that power and authority to us and and Father, I just ask that you help us. Holy Spirit, help us not to leave the dominion and authority and power dormant, that we're not just walking around as as powerhouses, but we haven't tapped into the power, that we're not walking around just as, as children of God with all the authority and dominion that Jesus has given, but we're not using it. Show us how to use it. Show us how to apply it. Show us how to take the keys and to use it all for your glory. And that we begin to walk in victory in greater measures and blessing in greater measures and health in greater measures, all for your glory. That we begin to go everywhere we're supposed to go and do everything we're created to do, all for your glory. All for your glory, Father, that your Word manifest on earth just like it is in heaven. All for your glory, that you're glorified in everything that we do and that we don't settle for anything less than God's best in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Amen and amen.